This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, 91 is an authorised financial services provider. I received a piece of work from the desk of Samantha Hartod, Portfolio Manager at 91 in Cape Town, and it was entitled, Why SA Hospitals Remain in ICU? And then tantalisingly, she says, for now. But before we get into the body of this piece of work, we have to talk about one thing, Samantha, and that is what happened with Life Healthcare this week. Life Healthcare, a South African hospital group, suddenly started shooting up and nobody understood why at the time, but now we do understand. Please tell us more. Absolutely, Lindsay, and good afternoon. Um, So it is breaking news that came out yesterday. And in fact, it came out out of the US on the Alzheimer's disease drug that led to the pharmaceutical company that's developed it, Biogen's share price rising 40%. And Life Healthcare share price, as you pointed out, rising, what I'm sure is a record for the stock, at 20%. Um, And I think that this is going to be a big talking point for the share over the coming weeks. So... As we know, Alzheimer's disease is a terrible degenerative disease that we haven't found a cure for, despite so much investment and studies into solving it over the last 30 years. But what has become apparent in all these studies of Alzheimer's sufferers is that there was this presence of a plaque on the brain, which is actually a protein called amyloid, that would build up over time. Um, And so this gave rise to what's known as the amyloid hypothesis, and that is if we could slow or even stop the buildup on the brain of this plaque, then we could slow or stop the onset of Alzheimer's disease. And this pharmaceutical company, Biogen, believes that they've got the drug that can do this. And on Wednesday evening, the FDA released a statement that seemed to be quite constructive on it. Um, despite a whole load of complications um, with the drug and studies, uh, the market looked at that and said, goodness, this, there's a higher probability now than we thought of this drug being approved. Now, why am I telling you this? Um, so Life Healthcare four years ago bought a diagnostics business that's based in the UK called Alliance Medical Group or AMG. Yes. Um, and this company does um, x-rays and CT scans and MRIs and PET CT scans. And Lindsay, if you've ever been for a PET CT scan, what happens is you get injected by a substance um, that then filters through your body and tries to pick up um, tumors. It's typically used, these PET CT scans are typically used in um, confirming the uh, the diagnosis of cancer. So predominantly in oncology. And it's quite, you know, they're called radioisotopes and they're quite complicated products. To develop, And in fact, a lot of research in itself goes into these radioisotopes. And Life Healthcare has the radioisotope that can trace this amyloid plaque that Biogen has the drug to target going forward. So should this drug be approved, yes. natural demand for Life Healthcare's radioisotope will go up as this drug gets widely and widely used and you need to be able to um, identify or or find this amyloid plaque on the brain. Um, Life Healthcare is one of only three companies worldwide 
that has the ability to to trace this drug. So lots of so ifs still, Samantha. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Lots of ifs still, but I mean, a very, very encouraging sign for this particular South African uh, hospital group. Yes, it is. And so it is binary in nature because uh, this drug, as I you know, sort of highlighted, has multiple issues with it. And there are a lot of skeptics out there that don't believe it can work. Um, but whether it does come through or not, I mean, it's a free option for any life uh, healthcare shareholder um, on the upside potential that life healthcare has going forward if it gets approved. Very and good. So that was the move that you saw yesterday. Mm. I think this is important. Because this is going to be, I think, a big talking point for these hospital groups that are really looking to reinvent themselves. So, you know, Life Healthcare has gone into diagnostics, um, NECA has gone into um, mental health, um, and you're starting to see these hospital companies really try to identify new areas in the healthcare continuum um, as they try and move away from the acute hospital business. Excellent. Well, that's a good way to start the chat. And what we need to do now is broaden that chat. You start in this sort of fast view, as you call it, of your piece. You say, we assess whether hospital shares present an investment opportunity within the context of the four-factor philosophy of investing in companies receiving positive earnings revisions and which trade at a reasonable valuation. Of course, four-factor being a cornerstone of 91's investment philosophy. You go on to say, hospital shares are trading at multi-year price and valuation lows relative Relative to history, like many sectors in the South African equity market today. Let's talk about the universe first of all. We've spoken about life healthcare. What else have you analysed? So you're having a look at net care as well, which is 100% exposed to South Africa. And then you've got the third operator, MediClinic, which has opened and expanded across the world and has operations in Switzerland and in the Middle East and the UAE. Um, and all three players, for a variety of reasons, have come under a lot of pressure, as you highlight, on their share prices and valuations. Um, but for all similar reasons, um, either faux pas on their operating execution in their different operations, but also importantly, I think the market is waking up to the realization that these companies, by and large, are ex-growth. Um, and face huge operational pressure, particularly in the South African markets. It's interesting as well that you say, contrary to widespread belief, hospital operators are not a defensive sector with reliable profits or cash flows. Is that just a South African phenomenon or is that globally? It's absolutely a global phenomenon. So hospital companies, you would think, would naturally always be in demand. Right? People are aging, populations are getting older. There's always going to be a need for healthcare services and therefore these providers. Um, and, and what you've actually started to find is, yes, that is true. However, the cost of healthcare is of course also rising at you know, an exponential rate really. And so governments across the world are looking to try and reduce the cost of healthcare. And that has knock on effect and inc uh, sorry, knock on impact on these hospital groups um, with regulatory risk. And you've got a lot of cases where all three players have been surprised, but really negative regulatory um, events that have taken place um, that have really materially hampered the, the investment case for each of the countries they operate in. 
The share prices and the multiples have been derating for two primary reasons you identify. The first is regulatory risk, which is likely to rise, you say, in a post-COVID world. And the second is the progressively lower growth they've delivered over the last five years. That's two. And also, I suppose that people are pushing back against against high hospital prices. I mean, that's a simplistic way that I look at it, but I think it's a reality, Samantha. It is absolutely a reality, and it starts with the insurance company. So we're all quite familiar with Discovery, um, which is the biggest healthcare insurer in South Africa. Um, and they really had a look and analyzed the hospital groups and the behavior of the doctors in particular in South Africa. And they've come through and actually accused them of something called supply-induced demand, where these doctors have been badly behaved and have found reasons or maybe excuses for operating or doing procedures on patients that may not necessarily need to be done. Um, and there's a very good case study of this that actually you know, got my back up um, and, and made me watch this very closely. And it was in uh, KZN, yes. where around the Mschlange area, there were three hospitals. And each of them were operating at about a capacity of 60%, or the mid-60%. And a fourth one got um, built. And guess what? All four hospitals ran at a capacity or uh, occupancy rate of 60%. Hmm. And there was no change in the population around this area in Durban. And there was no sudden, uh, you know, age gap or growth that came through there. And, of course, then the insurers looked at this and said, hold on, how is this possible? You can't just magically need more healthcare services with absolutely no change in the population. Let's investigate. Um, and, and so there's been something called active case management over the last two years that the funders have placed on the hospital groups. And it's not just discovery. You know, Med Scheme's done it. The government's employees' medical scheme has done it. Um, and that has driven volumes low or, in fact, you know, two years ago, you wouldn't have believed it, but negative volume growth um, in South Africa. Uh, but it's also more than that. It's not just the funders coming through with this pressure. You know, South Africa's macroeconomic reality um, is also impacting these companies. You know, we really had no job growth in South Africa. And with no formal employment, um, there's less likely to be a growth in privately insured lives. You know, people just can't afford it. Um, and so with zero growth in your privately insured lives, naturally for the hospital players, it means less of a target market. Um, and so those volumes have progressively decreased um, even before this active case management of the funders um, for the last five years off the back of just no growth in, in privately insured lives. That KZN example is both disturbing and distasteful at the same time. You go on to say there is no valuation mean reversion to come for these operators unless they can reinvent themselves away from just being acute healthcare providers and life healthcare, of course, are reinventing itself. Ho hopefully the other ones in your study can do so as well. Any change in earnings expectations to the positive can be a share price catalyst. And that's one of your philosophies, as I said in my introduction. You continue to monitor the hospitals closely and you have a relative preference for, to life health care and net care over MediClinic. And that life health care statement that I've just read out was before you knew about the development over the last few days. But maybe go through the three of them and why uh, it goes life health care, net care and then MediClinic. Absolutely. So the first point here is thinking about where are the valuations going to go? And so if you have a look at the long-term histories of these companies um, and where 
you, you know, the average uh, PE multiple used to be. Um, I would make the argument that once we do come through this um, coronavirus crisis and we do get back to somewhat normalcy in the world, um, these companies really won't be justified to go back to those long-term historic um, valuation levels simply for the reasons that I've just pointed out. You've got a lot of pressure in this African operating environment. And we haven't even spoken about the tariff pressure, sorry, that's also coming from the insurers. But you've got lower growth. Therefore, lower growth typically attracts lower multiples. And because of all the regulatory risk that's come up for the three players, you've had big earnings and typically negative earnings surprises for the three groups. Now, going forward and have a look at these PE multiples, the share that has the potential to, in fact, re-rate to better levels would be life healthcare purely for this diagnostics business. Um, should they get this business right, and look, Lindsay, when they bought this four years ago in 2016, the operating margin used to be 26%, and today it's fallen to just 20%, and this is before the coronavirus hits. Um, should they get that operation right? You know, diagnostics businesses um, have a great fundamental story behind them, typically attract very high multiples, particularly, you know, against um, hospital companies. And so this could carry life's valuation um, to higher levels going forward. But that's, of course, if they can deliver on operations that have disappointed. And then you have these benefits of this one-off um, drug on Alzheimer's disease that could really take it another step up. So I'd say that would be the first option, um, life health care. In Nikkei's case, yes, it's only exposed to South Africa. But, you know, as bearish as I sound about the South African market, there are good and structural things that could take place. Um, Nikkei has the ability to sell some of the underperforming hospitals. Um, they have the ability to go into new businesses. As I highlighted, they've gone into mental health. Um, I think they're also looking to move closer into radiology themselves. Um, and so this is a business that is cash generative. Now, it's not going to have any sort of sexy story like a high growth business with very big earnings expectations and global expansion. Um, but this could turn into a business that is highly cash generative and will have a dependable dividend over the medium term um, that in itself in any portfolio manager's fund um, does have a place uh, for that, for what could be a sustainable story and outlook once they adjust to what is a very difficult operating environment in South Africa. And finally, you've got MediClinic. So MediClinic. So uh, this year has been the worst performer of the three over the last five years, and um, purely because of its inability to execute and the regulatory risk, to be fair, it's not just their, their, their faux pas in execution in the markets that they operate. And, um, you know, in Switzerland in particular, they had a huge regulatory change that happened three years ago where tariffs got cut and the government started moving more and more patients to an outpatient model. Lindsay, I don't know if you remember, you know, a few years ago when somebody went in for a knee operation, they, they would stay over the night in a hospital. Yeah. And um, what you're seeing worldwide are a lot of governments and insurers saying this is ridiculous, right? Um, technology's improved. It's a keyhole surgery. Guess what? You can be in and out of that hospital within five hours. And of course, that brings a lot of operating pressure to the hospital groups to keep their occupancy rates up. And so you've seen MediClinic's margins in Switzerland go from 20% all the way down to 14% um, since it entered the market. Um, and they've really struggled to get those operations to adjust to this new reality. 
Um, they've got similar operating difficulties happening in the UAE. Uh, and so that regulatory pressure that they have isn't going to abate in Switzerland, is likely to increase in the UAE. And it's a share that has disappointed so much. Um, uh, and, and it has, I think, higher forecast risk, in fact, than the other two um, that we're happy to stay away. We've been underweight. Well, we've been underweight all three shares. Um, but particularly in MediClinic's case, um, quite happy to have stayed away from it. Mm, quite a mixed picture that you've just portrayed, Samantha. You say your final paragraph, your final sentence says the following. We believe there are more attractive alternatives to choose from amongst the SA Inc. stocks that offer higher upside than the hospital names. But to summarise, I would say this sector will turn eventually as long as these companies are nimble enough to reinvent themselves. So keep an eye on them. Is that your message? Absolutely. And this is one of the key points. Um, You know, the market is clearly very bearish on these hospital groups, but there's always the potential, particularly in these times where the market may be overly bearish, where you can get a positive surprise, they can turn around the operations and suddenly you have shares outperforming. So you've really got to watch this closely at this point. Um, And I think the hospital sector does have a risk of that. You know, when you're trading at multi-year lows, um, the shares do get sensitive to any positive news. Um, take life healthcare, but you know that's a bit of a special case, not necessarily an operational case. But those sensitive moves can come through, so you, you've got to watch it closely for, for you know these runs that could happen, share price runs that could happen. Samantha, thanks so much for your analysis. That's Samantha Hartod, who is a portfolio manager at 91 in Cape Town. 